0: What's up everybody, I'm TJ and
1: I'm Kelsey and we are
0: the the Nashville Nashville Wine Duo. Duo. We are here in this awesome studio that we have nothing to do with and it's pretty cool. (laughs) I just showed up and a mic got shoved into my face. You were excited, the excitement's all
1: over your face. Yeah. So who are we here with?
0: So we are here with the man, Mr. Zach Farnham Mm -hmm. of One. Seventeen, <laughs> entertainment. <laughs> you, you got Almost in my head <laughs> a little bit. You got in my head. See, I was good, and then I was like, expect, I was like questioning myself. Yes. So, yeah, we. Well,
2: thanks for having me on the <laughs> podcast. Yeah, it's no, such an
0: honor you. to have you, man. Thank thanks you. for agreeing
2: and Absolutely. inviting us
1: into your space.
2: Yes. So. drinking wine and talking—that's my two of my specialties. <laughs> All right. And you're kicking off the Jungle Room Studio. But, it's our first ever podcast episode.
0: The Jungle Room has a Vibe, for it definitely, sure. Like
1: Jungle Room is definitely, and the I,
0: right uh, for it. I am digging this vibe in here. Who doesn't so, love
1: plants and green and black and tiger carpets?
2: Tiger carpets. I know. Yeah. I wish you could see the tiger carpet on camera. We haven't figured that out yet. We I might actually really like. Need to like put the a carpet. camera like up top, but yeah. yeah. Thanks. Well, tell, tell us why you made the Jungle Room. What's well? What's it? So I run a PR artist management company in town, um, or in Nashville, and. Uh, I wanted a space. We were we had this downstairs space in our office that we weren't really using. Interns were in here or we were throwing stuff in here and I was like, "How can we turn this into something productive for our clients?" And coming out of the pandemic, everybody's still zooming and mm. using like their phones to do radio liners and I was like, "Why don't we put in some kind of audio studio?" You know, I don't want to do any full-blown music recordings or anything but a place where our clients can come and just cut liners do interviews whatever and through the process of thinking that through and seeing how expensive equipment is i was like well how can we monetize this and and um how can we provide a space for podcasters and people that want to create content but there's not many content studios to do that in nashville um and, and give it a cool vibe. So the Jungle Room was more, And I was also really into El- – I've always been a big Elvis fan, Graceland, yeah. Memphis, yes. the whole thing. And, and I thought, oh, we could make – I don't remember the exact inspiration behind choosing this vibe, but um, that was the thought process.
0: Nice. I was wondering if he was going to say Elvis because I could definitely – you yeah. sense some kind of obvious. I wanted
2: to put green shag carpet on the <laughs> on the ceiling but the girls that work with me would not allow that. No, so. they're like That's no. They're not doing that. Yeah. Well, someday, why someday. you um,
1: we like when we usually talk to people on the podcast, we want to hear about their background and how you get into what you're doing and so just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the industry yeah. that you're in, the music industry. Yeah.
2: Um so I moved to Nashville 10 and a half years ago. And from Rhode Island, small. Rhode small Island? State. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever met anyone uh, personally from Rhode Island. Have yeah. Yeah. You have. Yeah. yeah, you have. There's actually more people in Rhode Island than Montana. Have you ever met oh. anybody from Montana?
0: One. Well,
2: One. Yeah. That's rarer. <laughs> more rare? Rarer? More rare. <laughs> um, yeah, so I moved here for uh, school to study music business and – um Treveca University here in town and uh, just jumped right into the music industry you know, Like pretty much as soon as I moved here and got to know people and just tried to find my path and wanted originally to be in artist management. Found out um, you kind of have to go in a certain way to f- get to artist management and um, I guess I was pretty decent at writing and communicating so became a Publicists, pretty much right away and fell into that world. I actually went into the the journalism side from the get-go. I started a blog, um, got invited to events and met other publicists and artists and kind of built my way from there.
0: Okay. So how long did you do the publicity thing before you kind of made the switch?
2: So I worked at a couple different PR firms um, and not such great experiences at said PR firms and kind of got burnt out. Um, and I thought, you know, about switching careers and do I even want to be in the music industry and just kind of started helping. I, I finally left the last firm and I started helping some friends with like freelance PR work just to get by. And then, um, I started 117, sort of had a client that wanted some freelance work done, and I didn't want to pitch from a Gmail address, so I started a website and called my friend and said, can you just put up a splash page? I don't even think it's going to turn into anything, but I just need like something to go with, and, and so... Announced. Uh, I started May of 2017 with Chuck Negron from Three Dog Night as my first client, who's been an amazing, amazing friend ever since. And um, him and his wife have just—I mean, I started this all thanks to them. And uh, so I started it just as a PR company, and then four or five months into it, um, I had been representing Bobby Bear— um, and knowing that I wanted to get into management, I, I sat him down and I said, I know you're 82 years old and there's no reason you need a manager, but I'd like to manage you. And he <laughs> said, well, I guess we can give it a try. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, 117 management was born and, and I wanted to manage him for at least a year by, by himself, um, before I added any more management clients, and I think we had some success. I think in the first year, we got him re-inducted into the Grand Ole Opry wow, by Garth awesome. and oh, uh, had some good touring wins, and a year later, I said, oh, try this again, and so it just kind of grew from there, but we're still, I mean, I'd say we're about 60, 65% management and 35, 40%, I mean, 60, 65% PR 40% management. Okay. Yeah, so who do you 40. all manage with 117? Um, we manage a few amazing development developmental acts. Um, well, Scooter Brown Band was the second act I started managing, and I guess I've represented them for f- almost six years um, on the PR side and then four and a half, five on the management side. They're big in Texas, and... Scooter started a side project called War Hippies, um, which is blowing up right now. And, and, yeah, they're they're getting really great. They're getting great opportunities, and the music's amazing. So the primary focus is on that right now, but we still do things with War Hippies. They still – or Scooter Brown Band they still play shows. So Scooter Brown Band, amazing artist named Carissa Ella, who I think is going to headline stadiums someday soon. Um She's putting out some of her best music ever starting in March. And I think by the summer, she's going to be a household name. Oh, so wow. I'm pumped. Um, she is a four-year, three three and three-and-a-half, four-year veteran of 117. So it's been a journey. Um, but she's really found her voice, and, and I'm super – she's a great writer amazing vocalist she is just so kind and like grateful for every opportunity she gets and not every artist is like that and yeah. so it's it's refreshing um to be around that and energizing to everybody on the team because um, they know a win is going to be a true win for her and you know some artists you work your ass off and and that you get something great and they just don't care they just don't acknowledge and that's defeating so um, Carissa Bobby Bear although he's pretty much retired um, he's eighty, about to be 88 years old Damn. one of the last of the living legends yeah. um, has been an incredible mentor to me like a grandfather um, him and his wife are just amazing um, and their whole family and then uh, about Two and a half years ago, I started working with, has it been two and a half years, two and a half, three years ago, started working with David Nail. And then about a year and a half ago, I started managing David Nail. So David Nail's wow, wow. our biggest management client. So David's um, at the top of his game recording and touring. And I think we'll do, I want to say we did 60 shows last year and. I think we're going to do like 75 to 80 this year. So very busy, three kids at home, um, but awesome team. Um, Some of his most creative and um, just most authentic music coming out this year. So um, that's been a fun journey to walk alongside him. And, you know, he's had so many great hits that Mm -hmm. I kind of, I don't want to say grew up on because they were in when I was in high school and college, um, starting off. But but just like people my age are fired up about David Nail, so mm-hmm. that's been fun. So yeah, we have a good, a great management roster, and it's it keeps us busy. And you know we're always talking about adding new acts, but we're kind of com- comfy where we're at now. And. Yeah. Um, We've really been focusing on the PR side. And uh, whereas, uh, the, uh, had you asked me a year ago, I probably would have said, well, we're going to try to even it out to be 50-50. I think we're leaning into the PR side now. We've got a amazing director of publicity we just added. And we've, in the last six months, signed Icon Entertainment Group, um, Bill Miller's incredible properties downtown, uh, Johnny Cash. Museum, House of Cards, uh, oh, Skulls, cool. Rainbow Room, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been an amazing journey to go on. And then in November, we uh, late October, November we signed Jodi Messina. Hey! Yeah. Incredible signing! Oh my gosh, yeah. I love I love Jody Messina. I was somebody that I
1: grew up listening to. Yeah, yes,
2: she's amazing. She is just. A bright shining star in everybody's life. I was gonna
1: yeah. ask you, is she as like cool in real life as she seems? Oh yeah. Oh that's I love hearing that. She's just
2: <laughs> constantly laughing and smiling oh, and having fun. And she's what's, been great to work with. What's your favorite Jody Messina song, baby?
1: Um Heads Carolina Tales of California.
2: Oh. Classic.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, and there's just so many. I don't know. I love all yeah. of them.
2: Jody Messina, we're announcing this third coming Thursday, um, so it'll be announced by the time this comes out. Um, is going on her first time, believe it or not, she's ever toured under this moniker. She's going on the Heads Carolina Tails California Are you kidding? tour this year. What? Yeah. Oh my
1: gosh. I'm going. She's gonna
2: <laughs> hit over fifty cities between next this coming weekend and the end of November. And it's starting in Carolina. What? And it's ending in California. <laughs> really? I
1: love that. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Oh, that's so exciting. So we're exciting. announcing that Thursday.
2: She's got a best of album coming out for her first time on vinyl ever in, in twenty six years or whatever wow. it's been. Wow. Um, coming in March, March four, March tenth. Um, so yeah, she's busy and she's working on new music and it's it's exciting. Honestly,
1: so her songs are so feel-good, too. Like, they just make you feel yeah. good. Like, inside. Like, in bye your soul. Bye-bye. I'm yes, all right. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah. but it's like, you know, just this... I don't know. There's just something about her songs. Just get <laughs> yeah. me. So, what are you going to say, though?
0: Uh, oh, it was about the vinyl. So, she has never released anything She's on vinyl. She's never been and, on and,
2: vinyl. And, wow. A lot of those 90s acts, you know, vinyl was going away. Especially oh, in the yeah. later 90s. They were focused on tapes and, yeah. and CDs and... Um,
1: now it's all coming back. Now, right. vinyl's
2: coming back. So it's, yeah. you know, a lot of them are getting their first chance.
1: Um, I was just going to ask you what you felt like you personally, like, what's the most challenging part of your job for what you do?
2: Mm. Uh, managing personalities and expectations. And just kind of, you know, I work with a lot of personalities, both on the artist side, their teams, the. Uh, my uh, my team the the media teams i mean there's so many people and so relationships are everything and mm. like trying to you know balance the being like an advocate for your artist but also being a really good and polite and Nice partner for your media partners, you know, and and that's a tough balance. And sometimes you gotta, you know, sacrifice the being a good partner to advocate for a client. It's just hard. It's hard. It's hard because I want everybody to like me. Like I, I like having fun. I like enjoying what we're doing. I'm a very kind of happy go lucky person, and the reality is not everybody's going to like you all the time, and that's really hard to accept, especially in this role. Yeah, because
0: sometimes you have to be the bad guy. Yeah. You know?
2: Because your artist can't be the bad guy, no matter what. Yeah. And so sometimes you have to absorb that for them, and and, um,
0: it is what it is. I feel like if you are working in the music industry, you have to have like thick skin, like oh, little sure. things that would normally like in any other kind of business you'd be like, Oh, but yeah. in this kind of business I feel like you'd have to just be like, Okay, here's a another thing, yeah. brush it off and move on,
2: kind of you a vibe. Roll with the punches. Yeah. People on my team sometimes will say, like, I can't believe that person just said that to you. How are you not affected by that? And I'm like, You can't get affected by that. You you if I got affected by every little thing, I wouldn't still be in this town. Right. Right. I would have gone home. <laughs> you know? Back to Rhode Island. Back to Rhode Island. No. I'm
0: not back going to Rhode back Island. there. When
1: I hear Rhode Island. I just think of Miss Congeniality, which neither of you, I don't know if you've ever seen that. but
0: I've course. seen it because of you.
1: Sandra Bullock. Yes, yeah, Sandra Bullock. Yeah, and they have was the that girl. Was Rhode Island? She, well, the girl that was from Rhode Island, she was like. The really ditzy one. Oh. She was, like, one of the main people. Okay. And they asked her, like, what her favorite, like, her ideal date would be, and she was like, I really like February, like, twenties and it was like, they were talking about, like, going on a date with a guy, but... She like set a date in like
2: oh, on the calendar oh,
1: it was just, she was sweet Rhode that's Island funny. yes anyway I'm um, sorry
2: that's your uh, your thought process of Rhode Island Well she
1: was sweet I liked her I mean <laughs> um, so let's dive into this wine that you picked out and you can talk to us about it and why yeah. you chose this and obviously you love good wine because this is a great choice.
2: Thank you um I had uh, to be honest, never tried this specific one but I am partial to. We kind of talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Old world wines. Mm-hmm. I, my stomach can't do American wines. I don't know what it. If it's the tannins or sulfites or whatever, but I. And I'm not the only person. I know a lot of people who their stomach can't handle American wine. But I can go over to Europe and I can drink wine all day. Interesting. And, um, so the philosophy—I just like the philosophy of old world wine so much better that it's about the the taste and the pairing with food, and it's not about partying and getting drunk like American wine is. You know, mm-hmm. the the alcohol content's usually a little less, and it's just a whole different process of making. And it's all about like the culture of wine, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I love that. So I went to. I did my first big Europe trip last January and I went to Bordeaux as one of my, as my first stop really oh, wow! and spent a few days there and I was never really, I mean, I liked wine, but I was not a big wine guy before that. But being in Bordeaux, you, you obviously are just thrown into old world wine mm-hmm. culture, like the oldest it gets right. pretty much. And, um, Dove into all the culture there, but went into the Saint-Emilion region, and you know it's one of the most ancient cities still existing today. It's from like the eighth century or something. Right. Um, And uh, yeah, so it was really cool to like learn about that region specifically and how like six to anywhere from six to fifteen percent of all the world's wines come from Bordeaux. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's one of the biggest, most important wine regions in the world. And um, Saint-Emilion is on the right bank of the river. And Madoc is on the left bank. And um, Saint-Emilion is known for its red grape, uh, red varietals. And um, most of their uh, chateaus, they make red blends. Um, so we got tour a few chateaus and go through, and then they have some really amazing, um, you would call them wine bars here. I don't know what they call them there, but they had one. They have one in the center of town in Bordeaux, and you can, I mean, you can taste everything. It's like two, three dollar, like pours. So you can just go. And they have everything you can think of there. Oh wow! So I was just trying stuff left and right. It was yeah. great. They do have some whites there, but. So this specific one, I wrote down some notes. It's I, I'm not great I'm learning French on uh, my little Duolingo app, but I'm not a great French speaker yet. Neither I'm are really, we,
0: so you're in good company like really
2: good uh, at the app, but not <laughs> good at speaking. <laughs> um so this is uh, Tétois de Moulin. Oh I think
1: you sound great.
2: Tétois yeah. de Molin yeah. And it is a uh, like I said, a red blend. It's um, mostly Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, and Mer- Merlot, and Petit Verdot mm. grapes. Um, also, if you don't know, Europe European wines, they don't classify their – you guys know this, but I'm just telling you. No, say it anyway. No, it's good. It, yeah. They don't classify, classify their wines by their grapes like we do here for the most part. Cabernet, Merlot, et cetera. They classify them by the vineyards. Or the mm-hmm. the chateaus. Um, and so this one, I don't have much detail on this specific chateau. But um, I think there's a Tétois in the Medoc. Uh, there's a Chateau Tetois in the Medoc region of of um, Bordeaux. And then this is like their Saint-Emilion varietal or wine. And it's a 2019 oaky, leathery little bit mm-hmm. of a berry flavor. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. It's delicious. It is
1: delicious. So we're actually, we're familiar with this wine, and you can get it at Trader Joe's. You know, for the people that have been listening to the podcast, you know that TJ and I started out at Trader Joe's. And I think this wine usually goes for, it's like, what, 20, 28?
2: I think it's 16 to 25, something like really? that. Really? I don't know. It's been a while since I bought it.
1: There's a couple of them that are around that you know what I mean? There's a few that are around that area between like eighteen and 30
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, somewhere yeah, around. Definitely there. definitely yeah. in that range. Um so And, and I wanted to pick one yeah. that is accessible for people. Yeah, and exactly. And you can go to Trader Joe's and get, and get yeah. this. And
1: we'll definitely get a picture and We'll post it, um, but...
2: Even though TJ got some red wine on the label? Yeah. It makes I it kinda, look even it kinda cooler, kinda though. It, That's yeah, why I do a cool that. Vibe. Little droplets, or <laughs> driplets, depending on which side of the country you know you're I, on. But I, I like the droplets what on the
1: label. I, what I love what you said <laughs> <laughs> when you were talking about this wine and then, like, how you came to love <laughs> wines, and I think this is what, what we love about wine so much, is that um, there's just such a history to it, yeah. and... Um, That the more you learn about the history and, like, even you being there and seeing these things and being like, this is where it's grown and this is the oldest city. And then trying the wine, it makes it even more special. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just something that's transcended time. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that especially the chateaus and stuff that exist in France have been around generations, hundreds. I went to Paso
2: Robles with my family in October. And... Uh, they've got cool, like you've got Josh and you know, all the vineyards there, but they're taught, they just don't have the history mm-hmm. like they do in Europe. I mean, you're talking, you're going through, you're seeing chateaus from like 300 years ago, yeah. yeah, you know, where they've been farming grapes and perfecting, yeah. The here's a word I'm sure you guys know, but not everybody I didn't know it, tewa,
1: yeah, uh, Tawar. tewar, yep. Mm-hmm.
2: Tewar. Tewar. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, There's in mm-hmm. France, they said Tewa. The they guy say Tewa. Oh, really? But French, ha- they have all different accents in French. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. France.
1: Maybe it might have been in that region where they say yeah. it like that. It's As like a possibility. America. Yeah. Mean, totally. You know, that makes we sense. We say
2: stuff different everywhere yeah. we go. But yeah, its I've heard it said a couple different ways. But it's a very interesting concept yes. of the whole thing. And, and I... I threw that word around a little bit in California, and they some people didn't know what they. Were.
1: Well, maybe because of the pronunciation. Maybe that could be yeah. it too. Um, but yeah. But yeah, so- I
0: mean, to to the thing we love about old world wine is the they're not manipulating things. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, it's centuries. Uh, old these yep. vineyards and these and these chateaus and stuff. And I would
1: still say there are places in America that are not manipulating things either.
0: Well, I think as yes. a, as as the wine community here in the states kind of gets more popular and more mm-hmm. people are turned. I mean, you've got even like younger winemakers and people that have owned vineyards like starting to do some really cool stuff, very here. cool things. But this yeah. this kind of vibe is definitely old world. Yeah, you know, talking about organic, yeah. they don't even they look at you like we've been doing. The, yeah. basically organic yeah. for yeah. 400 years. Yeah. Like, this is what we do. Like, we don't yeah. spray stuff. We don't, you know right. what I mean? That's well, why can, yeah. your stomach mm-hmm. kind of gravitates yeah. towards these these wines. I mean, I've even
1: heard people say that about even, like, bread and pasta when you go over there, too. They're like, yeah. I, can eat, I can't eat bread here, but I can eat it over there. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, like, talking about what it's Zach's additives. saying with the tour, that's basically describing, like, where the grapes are growing, where they're going to flourish the best. So, like, this specific like maybe a merlot that's in you know this region of bordeaux is going to grow perfectly in this climate with the temperatures with the soil Mm -hmm. um so then they don't need to do anything to manipulate the wine because this is where it grows the best it's just like a tomato like a tomato grows really really well in this place so guess what like we only have this tomato when it's perfect when it's Mm -hmm. right and we don't try to grow it anywhere else because it grows best in this place so we don't have to do stuff to it yeah. Um, so yeah, learning about that, you know, and very cool. Yeah, very cool. And I love that you picked this wine out, and that you are like, yeah, I enjoy. Like that's how I started liking wine in the first place. So.
2: And then the the ranking system in Saint Emilion is really interesting as well. If you notice on the bottom, it's a Grand Cru. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then so they three levels generally of um, those and it's the top level is a grand cru class a and then the second level is a premier grand cru class a and then the this one third level is a grand cru and so it's still a really great wine yes. so it's not the top and those rankings change i think every 10 years they do a new ranking Oh, okay and and they the thing is they don't just fla- i mean they factor in flavor and and um, everything but they also factor in marketing mm. and like how popular the chateau is on the market so it's wow. interesting so it doesn't really mean it's a better wine right um quality wise but mm-hmm. just that it's a more prestigious there's a bunch of um, things they need to boxes they need to check to
1: have you gotten them. to go to italy
2: I have. Yeah, but I haven't really done the wine regions. I, oh, okay. I um, spent on that trip, I, I rounded it out. I hit um, Bordeaux, Paris, um, Munich, and Bavaria, Germany, and then I rounded it out in Rome. Spent about a week in Rome and loved it. Mm-hmm. But – I and, and – for me, Rome was more about the food, right? Um, but I did try to dive into as much of the wine as I could, but I didn't really like – I'd love to go up and do Tuscany. And oh, I
1: know. That's actually where I've been told. I told, talked to him about this because we want to go for his – Special birthday that's going to be coming up in a few years. He doesn't like to say the number. 25? Every
2: (laughs) birthday special to me.
1: We want to go to Italy, and I've talked to people that have been there, and they say, like, you want to go up in that Tuscany, but you go Mm. up a little higher than that, start out, and then you can get the whites that they have represented. Mm -hmm. Because they're like, if you really want to understand all Italy has to offer, you want to try the whites and then move down into Tuscany and try the reds. Mm. Um, Because I'd like to know, like, how the whites are, too. Yeah. So
2: That's cool. I I've... So I, I don't, I'm very base level on all wine, but especially Italian wine. So I know like I'll get a Chianti once in mm-hmm. a while and like um, there is one, I don't know how to pronounce it and I can't even remember the exact, I need to dive more into it because every time I have this wine, I'm like, what is this? A this is it Sangiovese? No, try again. Mm. <laughs> it, it's Italian? It's Italian.
0: Yeah. Uh, Barolo? Multi- Barolo? Barolo? Montepulciano.
2: Montepulciano. Yeah, uh, I think it's that.
0: Yeah, and yes. there was yes. one
2: I had um, actually at House of Cards. House of Cards, not a plug for my client here. Um, <laughs> House of Cards has an amazing wine selection. They have a great steak selection too. They have an ostrich steak. Ostrich which is really good.
1: What the heck is that? It's <laughs> actually ostrich. Uh,
2: actually, ostrich. There's an ostrich <laughs> farm in Tennessee. And what? They, yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Um, but they have a great wine. Wine. Uh, selection and and it rotates and so of course the one I liked is gone now, mm. um, but I think it was a Montepulciano. Okay, I think it was a hundred and eighty dollar bottle. maybe? Okay.
1: oh yeah, you can find um, some really good Montepulciano.
2: Yeah, I can't remember or Del Del. Is there another one that's like Del Ma Del? I don't know, but
1: well, Ita- Italian wine. A lot of them sometimes can even be. It's like, you know, what's on the bottle will be, like, the region, like, where it's from. Yeah. Or, like, it's not right. always, like, the grape. So, like, right. it can be, you know, you might have seen something, you know what well, I and mean? Well, the grapes
0: are called different things, too. Like, yeah. a Primitivo is, like, a like A Zinfandel. But okay. they call it Primitivo uh, in Italy. So, it yeah. really just bends. Have you guys it's, been to Europe?
1: No, and that's why, yeah, no, we really, that's, like, our big plan. Well, it's let's like, go. We got, yeah, I want to go. I'll
2: pack Hop my the bags the, now. Load up the <laughs> private jet.
1: Well, I did want to... Amazing wine. Thank you for having us try this and talking about it. Yeah. I love it. Um, I did want you to just talk briefly too about about when we were off camera, we talked about this building that you're in and I wanted you to talk about the location you're in and like what you love about this building because you said I, when we first walked in, you were like, I love this building. So, I've been here
2: two years. Yeah. Um, it's the Taylor Arts Market. It's over here on Taylor Street in Germantown in Nashville and... Um, it's just an amazing collection of artists from all shapes and sizes. You've got painters and framers and potters and um, this store across from us. It's called PSV and it's peers supporting victories. I think and it's mostly um, black-owned businesses that rotate in and out. And like today, they had a Valentine's Day bake sale. Local Aww. baker. So like it's really great to support local businesses, small businesses. Um and that's what everybody in this building is a small business. Everybody, um there's a couple non profits. There's a tattoo parlor, bearded iris, um brewery is attached. Um we have a new sandwich shop I was telling you about. We even have a barber shop, like Everything's in this building, so highly recommend people come on by. We don't have a storefront, but a lot of people here do, and uh, they're always selling something cool. So yes. you said they do a market every, once a month. Yeah, the third Saturday of every month they do the Taylor Street Taylor Street Arts Market. Okay. Yeah, and we're down here on Taylor Street and Second Ave, right around the corner from the Optimist and Oku Sushi. Oh, uh, is cool. that where you're going
1: to have sushi after?
2: There, I was supposed to, but they're closed on Mondays now.
1: Oh. very sad about it. A lot it? of places are closed <laughs> and on I, Mondays. We were
2: going to go to Virago, and now she texted me, and it sounds like we're going to Superica. Where's so that? now I don't, I don't even get sushi. I've
1: been to Virago, <laughs> but I haven't been to
2: that in the Gulch. It's really good, but I'm kind of in a sushi mood. You're in a sushi mood. mood. Was he
1: was Sex really legs. looking forward to yeah. it. Now I want sushi. We need to pick it up on the way home.
2: <laughs> What's your favorite the sushi place? place?
1: Oh, man. We just get this place. So we live in Franklin. Mm-hmm. So there's this place called Miso Japanese. Okay. And there's also Sakura, which is like you. it's next to a pawn shop. And it looks, you know, like Sketchy. people are like, it does. I mean, there's like this also like luchador restaurant there where there's like a scary wrestler face on the outside. <laughs> And then there's a nail salon, and you know
2: those are the best places. It actually
1: is like literally one of the best places. And you'll go in there, and these people have straight up ships, like actual ships wow. of sushi. <gasps> yeah, like old school boats, like on their tables, and they're like eating sushi off of a boat. Oh my god! Yeah, I know. And we usually get it to go, but I think we're going to need to get Sakura tonight. <laughs> and now I feel bad because I'm like, we're getting sushi, and you're
2: not. <laughs> I might be able to talk my friend into it. We'll see. <laughs>
1: Well, thank you so much for having us. Well, this has been
2: awesome. Thanks for having so me. Fun. Thanks for letting us. Uh, I'm to play yeah,
1: a little more so we more, can cheers.
0: Learn more about what you do and yeah, the absolutely. music business, which is always I fascinating. Appreciate. So,
2: um, yeah, I appreciate your interest in yeah. it. It is fun and rewarding and challenging, and you know what? I think music is so such an interesting amazing thing and what it can do for people is mm. so incredible so well,
0: music is meant to bring people together you know i mean yeah, i think it's
1: just that, like wine that's, 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 that you've said
2: this music and music wine, and wine. yeah mm-hmm.
1: so
0: that's why we love meeting people in the music industry that enjoy wine we'll, we'll so. have
2: to host some kind of wine and music night here oh we love it with you guys we'd we'll love it that would be sweet Yes, fun.
1: we could curate the wine list.
2: Yeah. I'll curate the music list.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, cheers. Cheers to Zach. Zach. 117
2: Entertainment Group. You said it right. Yes. Good job. Ah. <laughs> cheers. Thank you, guys. Thank you.